0: Welcome to Opt In with April Jasper, relevant conversations about topics important to eye care providers today. Macu Health with MicroMisel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and MicroMisel technology. Welcome everyone. I'm so glad to be here today with Professor John Nolan. And uh, you've heard the two of us talk before, but when you heard us before, we were telling you we were about to embark on this amazing journey of going to this meeting called Bonn. The meeting took place last week. It was amazing for me as someone who's never seen anything like it to see the research, John, that Mm. you and your teams and all the other scientists Mm. that were there had put together and brought to us in a summary. I think my takeaway really is how incredible the work is that you do Mm. and how important it is to us back seeing patients to be able to have access to that. So big thank you from me to you. But for people who haven't heard us talk before, why don't we start by you telling them about you and where we are today. Of course. And a little bit about the conference and the history of it.
1: It'd be a pleasure and thank you for doing this. I think storytelling and conversations in today's world, how else can we translate science? And you've just like, we're doing this in real time. You've just come from, you know, what I call my scientific Christmas, you know? And and I think that was what was lovely about this bond. It was the the uniqueness of the clinician being there, the scientist being there, but you're right, you know, this is an international project. and it's a project um, that has you know scaled and evolved with technology with ideas with people for for many many years and it's 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 research built on mentorship but young excellence isn't it and uh, i think that's what we're really proud about bond you know bond being this you know this is the fifth bond essentially we started with the amd conference and you know it started with a vision of dr alan howard from the howard foundation uk and myself and as our work in nutrition and carotenoids and vision um, became important in that it became translated, we realized we need to kind of protect that. And we realized that we almost needed to take it out of the context of the big, you know, for example, the ARVO conference where there's 10,000 people and this gets a little bit. We felt this could stand on its own. That was the risk. But, you know, with the international brilliant people that we had, we get to... Essentially what Bond is, we, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conference dedicated to human health and human function via using nutrition to yeah. try and identify ways we can target safe interventions. And, um, and I think what Bon delivers is a uniqueness of collaboration, that multidisciplinary mm-hmm. effort from people that are just good at what they do.
0: I will definitely agree
1: to that. You know, so, um, and and for me, it's been great to have you know yourself and your and colleagues from all over, not just go to Bonn in Cambridge, UK, but then come and visit us here. So we're we're now at the Carriganore House, um, the Nutrition Research Centre in Ireland, part of the University Southeast Technological University, and um, you know we're really really proud to do what we do here. And yeah. um, it was great to show some of the other scientists today and the other people the work that we do. And but most importantly for me is that. You know, the team that work here that do so tirelessly and every day and with total commitment, you know, to maybe find out something that's useful for human health and clinical implication for them to see this being translated. Um, So yeah, we're here. We're actually out in the garden now in, in Carriganore House, and this is part of our West Campus, and it's you know the technologies here. Improved the whole time. We have our main facility here where we can entertain and conduct and coordinate human clinical studies where we can measure vision and cognitive function and we measure macular pigments and we measure skin carotonite scores and we you know we have our laboratories up here then where at a chemistry level we really can measure down to finite uh, concentrations in terms of the the molecules and if we supplement what does that mean? Do we actually change our blood system? And yeah. and it has to be all done scientifically and in a controlled yep. environment.
0: So John, one of the things that really impressed me about the meeting is that it wasn't all people my age or your age. Yeah. There were people of all ages and mm-hmm. there were people I met that seemed like they've been a part of this mm-hmm. family of research and carotenoids for a long time. How do you keep that family dynamic and, and what keeps everything interesting and tell me about some of those folks
1: yeah thank you for asking that I mean I I like that you used the word family because that was actually aired a couple of times throughout the conference people kind of felt it's like that vacation that you go back to that you really enjoyed and you go there because you know what works and who's going to be there. And yeah. and in a funny way, this scientific conference has delivered that. And for me, it, it's been really important that, you know, you have the likes of Liz Johnson and Paul yeah. Bernstein and these people who have really done so well in their science within our field. Yeah. But also, broader than that, we have these kind of mentors, the likes of, um, you know, George Britton, for example, who we all look up to as the the godfather of carotenoids in general. And, you know, um, in the very first conference, I was you know, quite scared to ask George would he join the organizing committee. Because remember, like George Britton is a a living legend in terms of like he wrote the book on carotenoids. He wrote the book on why we should be interested in carotenoids. And it's the first go to place that I take students when we start a program here. And to get to sit with George and listen and even now you saw how much of a mentor he is and we have the very special George Britton Award which we which is part of, of our conference and you know so it was great to get back particularly after covid right yes. we never knew we were all a bit scared would we get back to this place yeah. you know for yeah. a long time uh we thought it might not happen but we we fought through this we stayed together and you know to get george there and and to do that i mean he's he's um i think he's 16 books on carotenoids i oh. think 56 years ago he published his first paper on 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 carotenoids and um, he's over 3000 citations and he's just he's the real deal he's a real mentor so he's the person we the type of person we look up yeah. to and um you know he's he's now stepped off the committee I'll, you're the first person i've told this and um we've some changes with bond exciting changes you know down in college cambridge and everything that the heart foundation have done has been remarkable and all the sponsors to, to allow us um, bring all these people together and yeah. Cambridge is the, is the future of for sure of bond we will be back but that we were now we now have a new chair and Liz Johnson is going to co-chair with me for the next one and Liz is going to lead and I'll support Liz as we transition and we're going to take bond to the US now that's the plan and we're going to spend some time reflecting on this conference and we're going to yeah. you know engage with clinicians scientists you know even you know patients and we're going to figure out where's the next place to go with this? But we've created a family, we've created a community and um, you know we're, we're very, very pleased with what we've achieved.
0: I love it. I thank you so much for inviting me, John. Uh, David mm. and I have yeah. had such a good time. Mm. And I think the most impactful piece for, for me is knowing that I can go home and I can mm. make a difference in the lives of my patients. So what you have done in research has come to me than from me to my patients, and really, truly, we can change the world. I truly believe it.
1: Remarkable, and and you know, honestly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I congratulate you and all the people that are doing these podcasts. You know, from acro- across the world in the US, yeah. and because you help us translate really important messages to give confidence to doctors to give confidence to patients and to society as a whole as to how we can safely make decisions and navigate our way through a world where eye care needs more of this quite frankly yes you know we can't wait for retinas to become sick before we take this serious we have to be proactive it has to be informed it has to be uh, well balanced and I'm, i'm glad you feel this and Thank you for what you do.
0: Absolutely. So you guys are about to hear a lot of different people talk about their presentations that they've done at Bonn, And we're excited to bring that to you and more next time. Thank you, John. Thank you, April. I am here today with Dr. George Britton, and I am so privileged to be able to speak to you, George, because I hear that you are the father of carotenoids. Tell me what that means.
2: Grandfather. Oh, grandfather, okay. No, all it means is that uh, I've been working with carotenoids for so many years that uh, I I was working at the time when a lot of the pioneering chemistry and everything was done. So what you're hearing here, a lot of that is based upon, nobody knew what lutein and zeaxanthin and things were. So we did the chemistry, which underlies most of this.
0: How did you do it?
2: Uh, by the tried and tested method of getting other people to do it for me. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Students.
0: What made you even think to go there? What, what inspired your work?
2: I didn't really think to go there. I, in the days when I was training, and you know, my, my background is chemistry, And it was almost a natural progression in those days to go from school to university to do a PhD. I've actually never, ever stopped to think what I would like to do when I grow up.
0: I love that.
2: Um, It's just happened. And I find, as many people seem to find, that working with carotenoids is addictive. And once you start, you can't get away from it. Working with, working with horrible colorless things really must be terrible. It's, it's so much nicer to work with, uh, with nice colored things.
0: So tell me when you began this work, what were you doing? So you were just in, uh, out of university, in university, what were you doing?
2: In, in Sheffield at university, my PhD studies were, were not on carotenoids at all. I worked on, on phenolic compounds. But then it was time to do postdoctoral work, and my supervisor suggested that I write to Professor Goodwin in Aberystwyth, and he said, "Yes, we've got money. Why not come along?" So, uh, and then after a year there, he said, uh, "I've been appointed to the chair at Liverpool. Would you like to come along?"
0: Wow! So, when was that? Uh, oh. Just 10 years ago?
2: Sometime in the last century. <laughs> um, that was about oh, 1966. I think, uh, I think that led to England winning the World Cup in that year. I, I, th- I think we had something to do with it.
0: <laughs> so he said, would you like to come along?
2: Yeah. So uh, I, I went along with him and started a teaching position there. And wow spent the rest of my career there, because I enjoyed it.
0: So what was the first moment that you were just overjoyed with something that happened in your research?
2: I think uh, at my age, you probably need to ask me that in 30 years' time, and I might remember it. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It, it It was just new, and being able to do things when you knew that no one had done this before. Right. I think that that's a very stimulating thing, very stimulating fact, um, and realizing that um, whatever you do, you know, people think, "Oh, a PhD, you know everything." You don't know anything. You have to. That's when you begin. Right. Um, you're just following instructions until then, and but w- what it teaches you is is a, a way to think, and. Uh, reason about projects and work out things for yourself. And that, that's when it really becomes uh, very satisfying, when you've had an idea and got someone to do something about it and, and done that work. Um, if it works, okay. You also learn that uh, with any PhD, maybe the first year or two is a complete waste of time, and everything that gets into the thesis is done in the last few months, <laughs> and everybody panics about that, but that, that seems to be fairly normal, um, and I, I think um, you have to have, well, one of the uh, main criteria for being a researcher, I think, is that you have to be eccentric, and uh, you know, th- think outside the box. Um, but uh, you know, at my age, I have to get out of the box first before I can do <laughs> this.
0: So as you watch everything that's happening around you, you see what, what we're hearing this weekend. Mm. Tell me what surprises you, what excites you. What, what are you hearing and seeing that...
2: Well, I, I think what's different this time... Previous meetings have concentrated only on the macula. But now more and more uh, we're realising that uh, the carotenoids also have effects on the brain. And that I think is the most exciting area around here. Um, Whether it's true remains to be seen. There are so many unknowns. And uh, sometimes people, you you, you can't uh, criticise people for this. But um, people do clinical trials and other things without any knowledge of the underlying chemistry. Mm. And um, when, when you sit in these talks and look at the slides, you see carotenoid structures on the slide. And they're flat on paper. Right. But in reality, they're not like that at all. They're three-dimensional. Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to see these things in three dimensions. Wow. Uh, because of the, the, the work I've done and the training I've had. Wow. So you, know, you, you think of things in a different way then. So I, I can see areas where people may be missing part of the story, but what they're doing is, is valid right. and very, very good and interesting. But if they think a little in a rather different way, maybe they can see other directions that they can go in.
0: What do you think some of those directions could be?
2: I think it's it's other directions where they're they're using, just feeding supplement carotenoids uh, and seeing effects. Fine. That's good. But uh, I think what people may not realize is that the carotenoid um, chemistry and properties are such that uh, they can start to decompose very easily. And if they use a sample which is not 100.0% pure, compared with 99.9% pure, they may get different results. Right. Um, And this is one of the things that worries me a little. Um, I've had some very... uh, One of the lectures here was very interesting to me, because it's got me thinking in different directions. Tell me. And this was... um, this was Marina's lecture about bioavailability, which means many things. But uh, she was finding differences between using the, the carotenoids themselves, the lutein and zeaxanthin, and using derivatives, ester, acetate esters and long chain esters of these, and finding different results. Um, and make, by making these derivatives, you may actually be altering the ease with which they dissolve in other oils and fats to get into the body. And also, the long chain fatty acid may actually fold over and, and, and very close to the carotenoids themselves. So the whole things can be different shapes.
0: And you can see all those. That's what is amazing yeah. to me.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I can see things like this uh, because of my background. Where pr- you know, other people probably won't realise that this exists, right? Um, so it, it opens many more opportunities uh, for experiments that can be done. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't normally ask questions in lectures. I much prefer to catch individual people afterwards and discuss these things and perhaps exchange ideas. That, uh, and then they can go away and, and do either forget it or do something as they wish. Um, but I much prefer to do that.
0: So what about future applications for carotenoids? What do you see that... I, I know you mentioned the brain. We talked to, we've talked, we heard lectures on Alzheimer's. Mm. What else? What do you think?
2: Um, I, I think there are many directions. I mean, carotenoids can do so many different things. Yeah, um, And in recent years people have thought so much about carotenoids as antioxidants. Most, mostly not understanding what antioxidants are or do, and, and not understanding free radical chemistry, which, in, which is needed, and understanding is needed, in order to show whether or not these can be antioxidants. I mean, carotenoids, they can be good antioxidants. You can prove it uh, experimentally. You can also prove experimentally that they're very good pro-oxidants. Uh, it's just a question of uh, designing the experiment so that you get the result you're looking for in many cases. Um, but um, people are concentrated in this area for so long that maybe they haven't thought in other directions. So uh, now carotenoid breakdown products, little pieces of carotenoids, it's found that they, some of them, have very powerful biological actions not not just in in animals in mammals in plants also they, they small pieces of carotenoids are very important regulators of plant growth for example wow. and do do some of these have effects in humans uh, you know I think that's an area that certainly needs to be explored uh, but they, they've got so many things I mean they, they, this this Orange shirt here uh, is actually um, actually came from a methods workshop that I did in Thailand oh, wow. for um, the Thai government fisheries department because you know any salmon that we eat we know it's pink that's carotenoids which they have to be given in the diet and also crustaceans if you eat prawns and things. They're coloured, and the red colour there is carotenoid astaxanthin, and there there are so many things there. I like to go there, if possible, about every year, in February. I don't know why. That must be coincidence, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's that's when it usually happens. Um, and you know, there are so many possibilities there, where they are trying to uh, farm different kinds of creatures and species and all kinds of things. Um, And in many cases, what's important is to get a nice bright color that people appreciate. Um, What they often don't appreciate is that you can get the wrong color.
0: Really? Yeah.
2: Um, It's one of my ambitions to produce a blue goldfish by feeding carotenoids. (laughs) Wow. I think it can be done. Do it. But, uh, no, get someone else to do it. (laughs) 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 Um, For example... We know that um, salmon is pink. Right. And nice, pure white salmon. People wouldn't eat that. They would think there's something wrong with it. Right. We like white fish, which is white. But if you feed large amounts of some carotenoids to normally white fish, you can get yellow flesh.
1: Oh, you get yellow. wow. Yellow
2: one. Uh, 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 and many cultures don't like this. And some of the... Um, Microorganisms that they they eat are full of carotenoids. So if they eat a lot of this, then they become yellow. The the, the fish becomes yellow, and some cultures won't eat it. Wow! Some cultures like it like that. Right. So you, you can do a lot of playing around in, in a lot of different areas. I think I think this is one of the things that I really liked about being in the carotenoid field because uh, one day I could be thinking about or working on some plant-based um, project and the next day, maybe animals, maybe humans, maybe fish, maybe microorganisms. There's so much variety to it yeah. uh, because, because the molecules themselves are such interesting molecules. You know, they're about the right size to span across a membrane and if they span across a membrane... Uh, they affect the way a membrane will act. And you can actually uh, transmit uh, electron, electronic chemical charges, across a membrane with a carotenoid acting as a kind of wire across there.
0: Oh, wow. And
2: and, and now people are interested in in using them uh, as wires. So many things that can be done.
0: So what was the first application of carotenoids in your research? Or A, it doesn't have to be the first.
2: The the first application of carotenoids was really as food colors. Okay. Because some of the synthetic dyes that were used as food colors were shown to be carcinogenic. So so people started looking for natural food colors, carotenoids being amongst them. But carotenoids are not water soluble. They're they're soluble in, in organic solvents and fats to some extent. So you know, they're very good for coloring things like butter and spreads like this. Uh, if you see a, a yellow color in there, then it's probably carotidine.
0: Oh, my goodness. And they
2: have to use different ones to color ice creams and things.
0: What will it be called on the label? Do they have to, do, do they have to tell you on a label?
2: On the label, it's given, you know, this, this contains beta-carotene or anato or something. Oh, you
0: know. my goodness. Yeah. I did not but, know that.
2: But, you know, that's not work that we did. You know, that that was done um, uh, at about the same time, anyway. I mean, we we only played around with the fundamental chemistry and other people, if they, uh, because you know, I, as a stupid ap- academic, I didn't have any understanding of money and things like this. So other people take over. You those.
0: were just changing lives, just a little thing just like that. Just having
2: fun, actually.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, uh,
2: and. Research, research should be fun. Yes. Because if you enjoy it, then you're quite happy to try and think the next step. Um, otherwise, well, e- even if you think, find it fun, um, it does show you the many things you don't know. True. As well as the few things you think you do know. But may, still maybe you don't know.
0: <laughs> yep. I love this. So you're very humble. I asked Doctor what to call him, because you know, we've had this conversation already, and I've learned that there's Doctor and Professor and Mr, and our audience learned that earlier from someone mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, you said, just call me George. Yeah. But here's what's I, real. You I, I don't
2: need to be called anything else. I've retired.
0: <laughs> you're still here. You're still changing lives. You're inspiring everybody. And what well, I, you've done has made such a difference. My
2: my, my role here is um, like like an exhibit being re- rolled out of a museum every now and then <laughs> <laughs> and put on display. Oh,
0: well, it <laughs> has been about it. an honor to meet you, and I just can't thank you enough for all you've done. Look, you're in your your work is in our profession, and all of the listeners, it's part of our patients' lives. It's mm. part of everything we talk about all day long and and it's going to be a bigger part as time continues and that's what we're learning today.
2: Yeah I have to remember this when I'm talking to people and um, yeah, if, if people are trying to do something that's really going to change people's lives then um, I have to try to think of ways which of things I can say to them that might make them think of ways of improving
0: yes that's that's what you need mm-hmm. to do because i can tell you i've seen what uh, all of the speakers here have uh have i've seen what their their thoughts are of you i've seen the influence you have had on them and you just have to be here to continue to bring everybody to the next level i don't know anything about it all i am is a person that sees patients <laughs> and i love my patients but mm-hmm. what you've done has changed lives so Dr. George Britton, we thank you so much. <laughs>
2: yeah, thank you. Yeah. Before Neural Lenses, I always had eye strain, eye dryness, eye fatigue, moderate to severe headaches.
0: I had to take prescription medication.
1: It was to the point where my kids, they'd want me to sit down and color
2: or read them books, and I couldn't, I couldn't do nothing.
1: I've got my neural lenses, my headache went away. I wasn't taking Tylenol anymore.
2: Can't explain it, but it worked.
1: I would pay double for my neural lenses because I can't go a day without them.
0: Welcome to Opt-In with April Jasper. Dr. Jasper and her guests discuss hot topics, practice management tips, patient care moments, and vendor vignettes in this weekly podcast. Catch it simulcast on YouTube, too.